there's a book in the Bible that a lot of people do a lot of different teaching and a lot of different preaching with. It's one of Paul's writings. It's called the book of Romans. Y'all have ever, if you've ever read Romans before, then you know um, Romans covers a lot of different areas and a lot of ground. But tonight, um, I, I want to talk to you about a gift that God has given us uh, that, that I talk about a lot of times, and, and I'm glad that, that you're here, and I'm not joking, I'm not stretching it or anything like that. I, I'm glad you're here because one of the greatest gifts that God has blessed his children with is the gift of faith. And, um, you know, God's blessed everybody with a measure of faith. At some point, people realize it, and then some people go through their whole life, and, and they, don't, they don't tap into it. And there's another way I'm going to look at it tonight, but one of my favorite Bible characters is Abraham. Because I think he demonstrates faith as much as anybody does. And uh, there's a lot about his life that we know about, and we're going to look at one of those things. And so let me just kind of cover uh, something quick to, to get us right here to where we want to jump in at. And that is, a lot of you know that early in Abraham's life, or later on, uh, Abraham was given the choice uh, uh, well, God told him to just, just to go. He left when things were great, and his nephew uh, got to pick the choice land, and he did that, but Abraham, he, he really didn't get too worked up about that. And then God started dealing with him about uh, a word that I started off with a gift called the promise. And, you know, the promise is a gift, and the gift was given to us in the form of a promise. But over in... The 13th verse, and you can follow along if you want to, um, it starts covering a little bit more ground and a, a backstory about Abraham, and let me just read it, and then I'll try to kind of show you where we, we were trying to get to tonight. The Bible says, and let me just pray before I read this, Lord, you know that we're about to read the most powerful thing ever known to man, and that's called your word. And I pray tonight that you would anoint me to decrease so you could increase. Anoint my ears to hear you and my lips to only say what you are saying and have ordained. And all of us to receive. We rebuke the devourer who is doing what he does best. And that's try to steal, kill, destroy. And you're greater than he is. So God, we give you praise for that in Jesus' name and anoint me, Lord. For the promise, verse 13 says... That he And you need to kind of, you, you may have read through this many times, but you, you need to, to, to try to hang on to much of it as you, as you can for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay? For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no righteousness. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure, here you go, to all the seed, 
Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, I'm going to continue reading, but we're going to go back to verse 17 in just a minute, okay? Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, listen to me. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the law and how God would, would separate and identify his people, but he did it through circumcision. And some scholars believe 14 years was the time period, and some also believe about 25 years was the time period between when Abraham was uh, counted as righteousness by God uh, before he was even circumcised because of his faith. Just, and let me just say, you know, there's faith. We refer to the word of faith when we're talking about salvation, getting saved. But then there's faith for everything else under the sun you can think of, uh, needs, healing, and the list goes on and on and on. Well, every time God dealt with Abraham about this gift of faith, Abraham automatically did not question God. He just, he believed God. And when he believed God, that just really made God smile so much that God called him his friend. In fact, Abraham is called the friend of God. And, and after the 14 or 25 years, God would do things like tell him that what we've already read, you're going to be, you're going to be the father of many nations. Go out here and look on the beach. You're going to see a bunch of sand. As much sand as you see, that's how many descendants are. That's how, how many stars you can see and count. That's, that's as far as, as your tribes and your heritage and your lineage and, 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 and your people will go. And, of course, that's way too many to even imagine, fathom, or counting. It's still going on and on and on. And I spoke about it a couple weeks ago briefly. But God told him to do it. And the man didn't question God. Now, what I, what I want to talk about for just a moment is that the fact that a lot of scholars believe also that God gave him this promise when he was about 75 years old that he and his wife would give birth to a son that would begin uh, this promise of being a father to many nations. And it was not until he would, would be 100 years old that God would fulfill this, this promise. So if, if things are right, as people 
have studied and, and, and believe they are, there was a 25-year waiting period in between what God said and what Abraham saw. Does that sound familiar to anybody in this place right here? But if you don't, you, I'm just telling you, I could just, just lay it down right now and tell you many examples in my own life and, and many people in the church over the years. But you know, that's why uh, patience is what in the Bible? Patience is it's, it's a virtue, uh, one of many things. But, but patience is something that, that it's hard to have, amen? I mean, you know, when we go to the drive-thru, I mean, come on. It's called the drive-thru for a reason, right? It's not called the drive-way, as you told me. It's, it's not called the drive-stay. It's not called the drive you should have walked inside and ordered and set at a table and got it. It's called the drive-thru. That means... In our mind, we think we order it or we put it on an app, and by the time we get there, we just drive through and get it because we can even pay for it before we get there in a lot of places. Well, see, that kind of technology and, and mentality has influenced us in all walks of life, and we are not really accustomed to the whole waiting thing. Well, God likes to work a lot of times in our lives in that arena, and it seems that's where he camps out. He'll tell us something, and then that waiting period will begin. Sometimes God does things immediately and instantly, but a lot of times when we ask for things, and let me just go to a, a guy we're about to talk about here in about a week or two, two weeks, Daniel. He prayed, you remember he prayed, and he waited about three whole weeks before anything really happened. But then he found out later on God heard him the first time when he said it. He knew what the deal was, what he was praying about. But the angel of God that was delivering the information and the, the message got tangled up with the devil for three weeks. And, he, you know, and that's another thing, a, a whole separate sermon. Don't get upset because as hard as you pray, the devil tries to untie your prayer and try to either put doubt in your mind before you receive or he tries to run all kind of interference. He'll even wrestle with an angel if he has to. He doesn't care. He just doesn't want you to receive anything, anything from God, nothing. He doesn't even like the fact that you're receiving air and a pulse right now. He, he detests that. He'd rather you be dead. Well, I don't really do a whole lot for God. It doesn't matter. You were made by God in his own image. And for that reason alone, he hates your being. You don't have to be a Billy Graham or a Paul. He just hates you because God made you and God loves you. And so he doesn't even like you breathing right now. So anything that God has for you or does for us, Satan hates that. And so Abraham spent 25 years maybe before this happened. And let, let me tell you about this. After God gave him this promise, and a lot of you, probably everybody knows about, it, about everything I'm telling you. After God gave him this promised son, him and Sarah uh, being, you know, dead, and I think I can say that tonight. We all know what dead means. They were dead, biologically, in a reproductive way, dead. 
very dead, and then they have this child, and then it's not but just a few years later, and what does God do? God says, you know that promise I gave you, and it took a long time, and you finally got him, and you got him just where he's old enough to go along with you and pick up sticks and walk with you and talk with you. I want you to give him back to me on an altar on the mountain, on Mount Moriah. And see, God, it just seems like in our lives a lot of times, but God's doing this. But let me just go ahead and just get a little farther down the road. You see, when God's doing these kinds of things, all he is doing is pushing you up the totem pole. And I don't mean that disrespectful. But all God's doing is he's honoring your faith that you've had to get you right there. But when he gets you right there, a way of him honoring your faith is to develop it even more. And see, that's really hard, y'all. I'm telling you it's so hard to do. And so what God laid on my heart to do tonight is for me to um, try to make this thing tie into the, the time we're living in right now. And, um, and, of course, the time we're living in right now is, I don't use that H word. I say it's the Christmas season. Amen? Amen. That's exactly what it is. It, it's, it's the Christmas season. And so, um, you see, what Abraham did a long time ago is he taught me and you a, a lesson about Christmas presents in the form of faith. And if you've never really understood faith, my prayer is in the name of Jesus right now, I pray that this will help you even more. You know, I started just a minute ago, and I told you, everybody has, you, you have faith. Even if you don't have faith in God, you got faith in something. And I really could start down a long list now, but I'm not going to do that. You've got faith in something, whether it's something you ought not to have faith in. you you, you got faith your team's going to win or, or, you know, you're going to hit it big or something's going to happen. And, and, and that's, not, that's not God faith that God wants you to have. God wants you to have a faith that Abraham demonstrated to us. And, and the, the faith he had is this right here. So let me move my stool. I'm not really going to sit down tonight. So this is the faith that he tells us about. You see, everybody, everybody that has faith, uh, they, they for, forget one thing. God, God's giving it to you. See, it's a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. And you know, we just did this Sunday, didn't we? I think Ephesians 2. It is the what of God? It's the gift of God. So see, a lot of people live their whole Christian life. And this is what just amazes me. They have enough faith to believe what I said Sunday. They actually believe that Jesus could forgive them of sins and that they <laughs> can be made a brand new person and God can change. And they believe all that stuff and it's true. But, but they can't believe God for anything else. And that, that's heavy duty. And so God says, I've given everybody faith. But, but the problem everybody has, and everybody in this room has probably faced this at some point or another. You, you, you just haven't done this. God's given it to you. And you've, you, you just hadn't unwrapped it, you see. 
God sits it in your lap. You don't have to know a lot about the Bible. You don't even have to uh, know the books of the Bible. I've only been a Christian a week. You, you, you can have faith real quick. And a lot of people do this right here. They, they get that gift from God, and they hold it. Now, how many of you uh, that are around children, grandchildren, or any young, well, we could probably say adults, man, forget the children's stuff. That's just going to kind of get a, a present, especially if it's something you want or you ask for. And on Christmas Day, you're just going to say, man, <laughs> I got me a present. I got me a present. I got me a present. Oh, well, let me see what you, oh, no, I got, I, I'm happy. I, I got me a present, right? <laughs> I'm going to keep it. And then the children will go back to school. Ah, uh, what'd you get? I got a present. Well, what was it? I don't know. I ain't opened it yet. Did your grandma and grandpa get it? Well, yeah. Well, what was it? Well, I don't know. I, I don't want to open it. I, I just want to carry it around wrapped up. And see, that's, that's the way it looks spiritually. A lot of people's whole lives, they get saved, bingo, that's it. And God says, I'll give you this, and all you got to do is unwrap it. And when you unwrap it, then, and you got to unwrap it. When you unwrap it, then you, you can start using it, you see. And, and it's in there, I promise you. If you're a child of God, it's in there, okay? But, but, but you got to unwrap it, folks. And we're going to talk about how that, how that goes and what it looks like. You see, not a lot of work involved because we've got a good God. Sometimes, sometimes now, uh, we will have to... Uh, do some waiting, and sometimes we'll have to have a lot of faith, and it's uncomfortable, but a lot of time, it's not really a problem at all, unless you try to just make the F stand up. Then, then, then you gotta have a lot of, you got to have a lot of faith, and sometimes, you know, you'll get to a situation where you'll be like the disciples. Lord, we just pray that our faith don't fail or fall, and, and it will. So anyway... We're going to do this. You got, you got faith that God gives you. And then when God gives you this faith, you've got to unwrap it. You know what it says? And I'm not really interested in it standing up because you know what it says, don't you? All right. I'll hold it up for you later if you need a picture of it. Abraham was told by God to do all this stuff. Every time God told him something, whether it was to move or that, that look up or look down, that's, that's what the rest of your life is going to look like. You know what he did? He just kept unwrapping it. He just kept on unwrapping. He never just said, no, I'm going to hold that promise, God. I'm just going to hold that gift. I, I, that's just way too big. I, I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm scared it might might be bit too big, or I'm scared it might not be what you told me it would be. Every time God told him anything, even when he was 75 years old, you know what he did? Whoop, uh-oh, Sarah, get ready. God told me, and he went to un unwrapping. And, and the, the verse I told you we were going to go back to looks a lot like what this looks like, and a lot of... People in this room right here, you need to peel your ears and your heart 
to this passage right here. When he told him, he said, it's written, I've made you. It is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead, all right, and calls those things, and that's what he was doing in Abraham's life. He was dead in his body. His wife was dead in her body. But this God that made this promise in the form of a gift, he said, this is the God that calls those things, even in a dead 75-year-old body, that are not and are not existing as though they were alive right now and they were already on this earth in motion. That's the kind of God. And this is what I want to tell ever how many people are here tonight or anybody that's watching. You need to listen. The Lord really is coming back sooner than you can believe. God is wanting to show himself strong, and he's doing it. He's doing it wherever he has access. But you've got to get to a place where you just say, God, and you can't do it. I told you Sunday. You, you just lit this uh, Terry Stanley tater noggin. you got to leave the tater noggin at home. I don't care what things look like, what the outlook is, or what somebody's told you is about to happen. You've got to believe the God that still loves you and the God that's going to complete what he started in you is the same God that will tell you things that are not as though they were because he knows he completes what he starts inside of everybody and all he wants to do, as soon as you hear it, he wants you to start ripping that paper off. So those things that seem impossible, those things that seem too far gone, those things that seem crazy. Listen, this is God's gift. He gave you faith so you could use or I got to do this or you can exercise your faith. How do you exercise your faith? When God shows or reveals or tells you something, you do not ponder it. You do not question it. You just begin to walk on it. That's how you exercise faith every single time. And it, here's the catch. It doesn't matter what the time span is, whether it's 25 minutes or 25 years. You just believe God through the duration of the waiting period, and God will show you that he meant business. He was just working on other things. Let me tell you how all this come about. Um, I don't know if it was Monday or if it was yesterday, but God was dealing with me about a couple of different things. And downstairs where I do my devotion and some, some reading and praying a lot of times early in the morning, I have one of my mother's Bibles right there. And I opened it up to Romans chapter 4. And inside of that uh, chapter uh, was these scriptures, specifically at Romans 4, 17. And my mama wrote both of those uh, references down. And then she wrote, this note 
that Derek's going to put on the screen for you. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, that slide that I, I had, uh, Derek, I'll, and he may be doing double duty up there, so I'll pull it up for you here. Um, it says this right here. Take a positive look at the possibilities of the future and begin to call those things that are not as though they were. Think and speak about your future in a positive way according to what God has placed in your heart and not according to what you have seen in the past or are seeing even now in the present. That was in my mama's handwriting on a, the back of a bank deposit slip that was in August of 1988. I don't know that I'll get anything any better than that for Christmas this year. But that done so much for me. I felt like my mama was giving me a gift and she wasn't even here to give me a gift. And the Lord says, no, it's not just what you're, you feel like your mama's giving you, but that's what I want to give to the people. Take a positive look at the possibilities, folks, of the future. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not a, indulging in this moment right now. But when God laid it on my heart now four or five years ago and I wrote that little vision book, the whole thing pretty much in a nutshell was I believe every believer has something buried inside of them that God has either revealed to you, spoke to you about, or shown you through some kind of way. And either it, it has or a lot of cases, most cases, it happened, it hasn't happened because... Most of the time, it's so big that when God tells us, just walk as far as you can walk, I'm going to give you the land as far as you can walk, or look up in the sky at the stars, or look at the sun. It's so big that we won't open it, and so we just shut it down. And we don't take a positive look at it. We don't, we don't bother to take a positive look at the possibilities of the future. And God's given us the faith already. It'd be different if He hadn't bestowed that or impregnated us with that. Doesn't take but a seed. We all know that. And begin to call those things. And I'm not getting like super spiritual on you. I'm just staying right Bible, biblical with you right now. I don't know what God has spoken to anybody in this room, but I know what He deals with me about. And it's not one or two or four things. I know that different ones, I've mentioned before, Mike has said something to me about building God has showed him and all. And so in different ones of you have made mention of things like that to me. But see, God usually, I think He'll drop things out there just to see what fish will jump up and grab that. And whichever one will take the bait, he'll let them run with it. 
and everybody else, no, I ain't taking that. And they just go swimming and take that rap present of faith. And God says, well, I'm still going to give it to somebody. And then later on, you hear about somebody else. Doing, well, you know, God had said, God had showed me something like that about a year ago. And we go through all that little woulda, shoulda, coulda stuff. Am I talking to anybody in this building tonight? Please say yes. If, if I'm telling you something. But we need to go to the Bible and realize that God still is the same God that calls those things through His people that are not as though they were. I don't know what God's going to tell me next. But I'm tired of looking at the defeat of the past. And I'm ready, in my mother's words, I, I'm, I, I'm just ready to take a look at the possibilities of the future if I'm willing to open the gift of faith. And I want to ask all of you something before we pray. What's the worst thing that can happen? And let me go on and beat the devil to the punchline. Well, you can get embarrassed or it won't work. And let me tell you something. You can't show me where Abraham had that kind of attitude or reaction. He just said, boy, look at that. God says, well, okay, well, what about, boy, look at that. And I, I, I do want to pray. But think and speak about your future in a positive way. And I am not being motivational here, but my goodness alive, the scriptures motivate me, church. Think about and speak about your future from this day forward in a positive way. To what God, and I ain't going to put anybody on the spot. I know Billy won't care if I say this, but most everybody knows that Billy runs a bread route, and I don't know anything except for Billy's got good bread. But when God put that in his heart, you know what Billy had to do? Billy, can I say this? I mean, it's giving God glory, you know. Billy, he could have walked around with that thing, that route. He could have walked around with it and said, man, I got a chance to get a route. The other guy won't sell. It, it takes a lot of, uh, it's going to take a lot of commitment. Well, he was already committed to what he was doing before. It's going to take a lot of responsibility. He was already very responsible for what he was doing. Um, it's just going to take a big, it's going to take a big leap of faith. And so, you know, just turn the pages quick. Billy decide just to open. The wrapping paper. Old fashioned, baby. Sourdough. Folks, God is telling somebody in this place something tonight. You don't have to be scared. You know who's behind fear? Perfect love casts out all fear. God is not a God that's about seeing you embarrassing, being embarrassed or about 
daily. And in closing, I'm going to tell you something very recent. About 4 o'clock today or sometime, we went by Caitlin's house. And she had been with Tommy and Brenda uh, to pick up some stuff at Stan's today. And when she came back, the baby's nose was running. And he was extremely tired. You know what happens when children get tired? Sometimes they just get so restless, all they can do is cry and whine. And he was feeling really bad. And I mean, it, it, it got so bad, it was going on close to 45 minutes. And we knew he was having some, some gas pains. And he um, just he got into a very pitiful cry. And, you know, I just hit me between the eyes, and I couldn't hardly take it. And just like somebody had beat him. It was a bad cry, bad pitiful cry. I only heard him cry like that maybe once or twice, and it was brief. But he couldn't get comfortable. And we prayed for him, and, and, and he kept going from me to Caitlin to Angie, me to Caitlin, and going like that. And it just in a circle, and he could not. We sung. We did everything. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we kept praying. And uh, I went off into the bathroom, you know, and I didn't remind God of who he was and what his word said and all that, but I did, I began to quote it. And I began, I said, God, this is nothing to you. You can do this. This is your baby. You paid a high price so something could be done in situations like this. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. And nothing, it just seemed to, to not go anywhere. And we're, you know, 45 minutes, close to an hour. And Caitlin had him, and, and the Lord told me to go in there. And I didn't tell Andrew or Caitlin this, and I just went in there. And he said, I, now I want you to anoint the baby. And I'm telling you, I went in there in the pantry, and I got a little bit of oil. And I come back, and I just touched the crown of his head. And Angel tell you, and, and then he, he went to me like a minute or two after that. And at 4.30, and this was only minutes after I had anointed him and I didn't tell him I had done that. That baby, he fell asleep on me and I couldn't move. And for two hours, I would not move. Two hours. That's why we didn't get here to 10 to 7 tonight. And my point, I did all the praying. I did all the scripture quoting. But God just said, hey, you need to go anoint him. And I had to unwrap that. I could have just said, Lord, I've already prayed for him. We've already prayed for him. We've agreed. We've done everything. We've sang songs. We've worshipped. We've he said, but you need to go unwrap what I'm telling you right now. And you may have walked inside a multitude tonight. Not a lot's been going on or maybe something very recently God has dealt with you about. And the Lord told me to tell everybody that showed up tonight. If you will unwrap what he's told you, you'll see it come to pass. If you don't, You'll just walk around for the rest of your life until you die. And I believe when we get to heaven, if it's relevant, 
and if it, if it relevant and it matters, I believe the Lord's going to say, you know, when I spoke to you that time, and I told you I was going to do this, or you were going to be a part of this, or I was going to birth this inside of you, and you just kept, you wanted to, but you just said, I, could, I, I don't see how, or I'm too old, or I don't know how to do anything like that. I'm not equipped for that. This is what it would have looked like. I want us to close in prayer tonight. And this is the way I want to close in prayer. First, let me take care of business. Um, if you are not a believer, would you just say this? I, I, you don't have to stand up or come to the altar right this minute. But if you are not a believer, you need to open the most important package of faith you could ever open, and that's the one to believe that Jesus loved you and died for your sins. And would you just say, Lord, I want to be a Christian tonight. I, I need the best present that I could possibly get at Christmas. And the Bible says, if you mean that, and you turn and denounce your life, and you walk for Jesus, with Jesus, to Jesus, You will have an everlasting life that cannot be put into words. That's for the lost. I don't even want you to stand unless you know you got a present. And only you may know what that gift is. If you've just been toting it around, for one reason or another. I don't know. God might have laid it on your heart. Start a business. Start a ministry. Start a life group. A, a small group. Or to get involved. To, to change jobs. To do. I, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm saying right this minute. You may not have a Billy situation. But you may have something else. And God's been dealing with you, and, and you just got a little bit of hope and confirmation. You are the ones that I'm going to ask if you would stand up and just come down here so all of us can pray at the altar together because I, I really have something that I need to talk to the Lord about, and I, I'd love to be around other people that's talking about similar types of things. So if you'll just come down here, we'll all do this together. If there's anybody at all, and I don't know, I'm not doing anything but just being obedient at this point God we come to this altar tonight Lord I know what you've spoken to me about I know what you've showed me I know what you've revealed and you've answered a prayer to me about ministry in this church and 30,000 people and so many other things God and Lord I trust you more than I trust my doubt I trust your word more than I trust any fear that the enemy might bring. God, and I'm ready to take a, a positive look at the possibilities of the future, Lord. God, I believe you had laid this on my mama's heart 31 years ago for me to find this today.
this week. Because of time, Lord. God, I'm I'm grateful that you thought enough of me, of, of your children, to give us a gift of faith. God, and I just don't want to carry it around. What, what you told us, Lord, was with the faith that you give, mountains could be moved, Lord. Rivers could be dried up, Lord. God, and Lord, we can speak. Even when we don't have any kind of proof or any kind of documentation, Lord, we can speak on the authority of your word in pure faith. And knowing that we had a, we've got a faithful God that will complete it, Lord. God, I pray for every person in this room. I pray, Lord, for the dreams, the visions, the future, the possibilities, Lord. It's not about any self, Lord, any self building up or our own kingdom, Lord. But it's about you and your kingdom and your glory, Lord. So help us, Lord, not to be fearful, but to unwrap it and trust you. You are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. God, I pray if we're in a, a waiting time period from the time you've showed us something or you've spared us for something, for God, that you would sustain and God, you would strengthen everybody in this room that may be in that category, Lord. It just seems like it hasn't happened yet, Lord. And God, you know the thing that I'm praying about. That it seems like, Lord, money's been spent. Time has passed. But God, help me to remember that you're faithful. God, you're not going to be any more faithful to your word to Abraham than you will your word to me, God. I pray, oh Lord, for multitudes. And the people, Lord, that you've blessed us with, the ministries, the callings, the gifts, Lord, the future looks a lot better, Lord, than the past or even what people might be dealing with right now, Lord. Help us to know that you are great and you are mighty, Lord, and you are a strong God. You are an all-knowing God. You're an omniscient God. You're an omnipresent God. You're always with us, Lord. And I pray, oh Lord, that we would not lose hope. We would not lose faith. God, I praise you because every person that walked into this building tonight, you knew they would show up. And knew, you knew what you were going to say to them, God. And I pray for your anointing, Lord, for people to leave here knowing that God's going to do it. I'm just going to keep unwrapping. I don't care how big it is or even how small of a task. It is. I'm just going to unwrap it because it's God doing this in my life. It's God promoting me. It's not anything but that. I belong to Him. God, and I pray that we would. We'd be about your business. We, we would know that every time that from over the next seven days, six days, Lord, when we see any kind of present that's wrapped up, Lord, any wrapping paper anywhere, when we would wrap a gift, or unwrap a gift, God, or give a gift, that paper would remind us and be a check for our faith, Lord. It, it would remind us, Lord, of the truth of tonight, Lord. Are we trusting you? Are we going to just believe you regardless of what it is? We're just going to trust you. 
help us all to remember that faith is a gift, God, that you want to see opened over and over and over again. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. You are our strength and you are our redeemer. And God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's just give him a hand tonight for his good.